Blog Talk Radio. blog talk roulette tonight the opening music worked got the chat room up at the very last minute everything is good i should i should keep my fingers crossed and shut up hey you know what tomorrow is saturn goes direct two of the five planets down saturn goes direct tomorrow hooray hooray that just leaves what? Jupiter, Neptune, and Pluto. Then Pluto will go direct next month. And Pluto is the uh, uh, the, the dark lord of all those. So, hey, 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 hey. Of course, Jupiter um, uh, is the uh, harbinger of karmic debt, isn't it? Um, Saturn has to do with uh, your past coming back, father issues, right? And Jupiter is karmic debt. So your karmic debt can be anything from mildly annoying to gruesome, depending on uh, what you've been up to in your past. So, you know, hey, uh, but it's good. It's a good time to discharge that karmic debt to uh, get it get it erased from your past. So, you know, have a stiff upper lip. You know, suck it up, Buttercup. Get it out of the way. Oh, I'm so excited tonight. We're going to talk about the tower, and uh, man. I have so much. I, I might have to do two shows on the tower. There's so much to talk about with the tower. My goodness. But first, let me tell you, this is the Crystal Silence League, founded in 1917 by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon, a magical adept of enormous power and personality and charisma for the purposes of distributing and projecting positive power and affirmation to all those who needed it. And, oh, in those days, many people did. It was right off the uh, depression, and uh, many people were struggling to get back on their feet, and new thought was all the rage, the idea that you could create your own destiny by 
uh, changing the way you think. You change the way you think, you change your reality. That was that was all big. And you know, the Master Key was a big book back then by DeLawrence. And we have evidence. Uh, uh, turned out Conlon claimed to have written the Master Key and sold it to DeLawrence. And uh, there's evidence that he did. I have found uh, evidence that uh, Conlon um, sold copies of the Master Key in his own name before he sold it to DeLawrence. So uh, this uh, uh, classic of uh, New Thought. Um, the master key may have well been penned by uh, Conlon. Conlon ghost wrote for a lot of people and had things ghost written for him too. It's, it's very difficult in this early uh, history of new thought literature, who wrote what for whom. So it was uh, kind of difficult to tell. The writing styles seemed very similar for a lot of people. You'll find whole passages in some of these books from different people that seem identical and uh, I think they wrote a lot for each other. All right, so if you go to www.crystalsilenceleague.org, you can find us. And uh, we, we took the Crystal Silence League worldwide network and brought it to the World Wide Web. And we definitely have uh, many, 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 many prayers each week uh, placed on our website. And we pray for you. But first, let's talk about our stone of the week, which is Toadstone. And, uh, of course, toadstones are mentioned in uh, Shakespeare. And the way a toadstone was gathered, according to um, 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 occult literature, was you, um, you got a toad. And this toadstone presumably was inside the toad's brain. The, the legend was that since toads produced uh, venom with their glands, they had to have some kind of an antidote in their uh, bodies, and it was in their brain, uh, to this venom. So if you took a toad and put it on a red cloth, a red silk cloth, they would disgorge this toadstone. It was kind of like a bezoar, right? And um, um, uh, uh, onto the cloth, and then you could use this as an antidote to poison. Now, um, obviously, you cannot. Now, sometimes though, toads would uh, ingest rocks from riverbanks when they ate, and uh, then they would be found uh, inside toads and frogs, and. Uh, giving rise to this, but what toadstones actually are, um, 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 are a, um, um, the petrified, um, teeth of, uh, uh, lepidotes, which is, uh, this ray finned fish from the Jurassic and Cretaceous period. And you'll find whole jaw bones that have these little button-like teeth, and they're they're perfectly round almost, and um, they 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 look like gemstones. So they'd find these uh, fossilized teeth. Uh, if you look on the internet, you'll see them. They're jaw bones with all these like uh, ra almost randomly scattered uh, round fossilized stones set in their jaw. So jewelers 
in the uh, they, they go it goes back to like Rome. They pull these teeth out and set them in jewelry and rings. You can buy you can buy these you can buy these toadstones. So uh, they're said to protect you from uh, illness and uh, venom, and they're used a lot in magic. So um, these are considered to be antidotes to poison. They're used in the treatment of epilepsy. And as early as the 14th century, um, people began to create jewelry, amulets, uh, rings, uh, pendants for their magic and uh, for the magical uses. Um, so you were supposed to remove these uh, t- these stones from an old toad while the creature's still alive. Um, now, were they? I don't. I, I can't say. Um, I've never tried to do it, but I'm, I'm sure some of these stones were removed from toads, but not in the way it was described. Uh, some people said that they did cut stones from the brain of a toad. I'm not doubting it. Um, I think this is the kind of magic that is related to bezoar, pearl drops, um, and black cat. And uh, if you look these up, um, you will find um, um, you can buy them. They're not cheap, but you can buy them. And I think it'd be an interesting thing to have one and work with it and see what magics you could uh, come up with. And there are similar things um, um, all over the place. Uh Petrified shark teeth. Um, oh my goodness! Just uh, the ear bones of certain fish that are used for luck. Uh, there's a whole branch of this, but that's—I uh, thought you might find that interesting—a little thing that was uh, a little different from our usual stone, the uh, toadstone, and they're mentioned in literature. Um, I remember reading about it in Shakespeare and wondering what they were, and I looked it up and I said, "How interesting." And I just thought I'd bring that up tonight. As we approach Halloween, a little something eerie. Let's go over to our prayer page the, uh, at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And if you go there, you'll find our prayers. And I like to read these uh, each week, uh, send out some positive affirmation. And those of you who uh, pray along with me, you know, bless you. It's a good thing we do. I never call these prayers out by name. We never identify anybody. And those of you who uh, post prayers, Please don't use any personal name. We, um, you know, we're not Google proof and people can Google and find those. So uh, sometimes um, um, we should um, not do that. So uh, I'm going to call these up by prayer ID. And if you'd like to pray along with me, by all means do so. It's a blessed thing that we do. So uh, prayer ID 86613. We're going to pray. I pray for a financial blessing to pay off past due bills and to be able to save and have a savings account. I need a steady source of income. Let's pray for that. Amen. And prayer ID 86611. I would like additional prayers for the protection and success for my son, BJW, as he is in his freshman year of college away from home. Amen. And prayer ID 86606. Heavenly Father, thank you from the depths of my soul for bringing peace again within my family. 
It was so great being there the other day with love and joy. Whatever it is that I need healing for the baby to happen and not allow the other thing to come on, help with that as well, for nothing is too big or too small for you, my father. Of course, I remain with you. Thank you again. Infinite love and appreciation. Amen. Prayer ID 86605. Greetings to all dedicants and thank you for all your constant prayers. Today I am kneeling down crying for mercy. That University of Western Cape, please grant my daughter a pass on all seven subjects and graduated end of year in Jesus' name. Secondly, I'm pleading with God, dedicants, and all prayer warriors to please pray that my daughter's boyfriend is faithful, loving, and sweet to my daughter always. May nothing separate them. May he love her with all her flaws. May his family accept her. So mote it be. Amen. Prayer ID 86604. I pray for the reuniting of a relationship between Jennifer and Jason that Jennifer takes the time to search her heart, that she repairs her heart and mind from your previous husband and reaches out and renews her relationship with Jay. I pray Jay does the soul searching she needs and comes forward toward Jay soon. Amen. Prayer ID 86603. It's a court case. And she prays for this woman to be punished for causing evil in my family. Amen. And prayer ID 86602. Put a protection from all law enforcement from my son. He's a hard worker to raise his family and try to do the right thing by everyone. Stop the cop from picking at him. Blind them, Jesus, from my son. I do not want anything to happen to my son because of a car. Protect our block, stop, remove any tickets, throw all the tickets out. Amen. And prayer ID 86601, dear St. Jude, thank you for answering my prayers and lending me your favor. I appreciate you. Amen. Prayer ID 86600. Thank you, Lord, for listening recently with the intersection of St. Estabi, St. Jude, our Lady, and His Sacred Heart, Jesus Christ. I urge others to pray with above to pray for them to prayers for all. Lord, I ask that you lift my spirit today. Bring me a stillness and peace so that I may bring forth the gifts you promise us. May wealth be mine for the good of all and a sense of purpose. Peace for all. Amen. Prayer ID 86598. I ask this prayer request in the name of all beings, righteous and holy, that I may be able to either end my probation early or move to non-reporting status so that I may move out of state with my caregivers next month. My PO was hesitant about moving forward this way, but I now have a new one and haven't even spoken with her. I ask that God touch her heart to allow me non-reporting status or termination so that I may move with my family. If not, I will be homeless. I'm sick and dependent. Hear my plea, Lord. Amen. And prayer ID 86597. Pray that I will heal from the trauma. Pray that I will be happy like before. Pray that I have the energy to work for my business. 
pray that my business will evolve and I will be free to go anywhere I like. Amen. Prayer ID 86596. May my work against and control anxiety and the residual effects of abuse be successful. May I be more patient, compassionate, affectionate when I feel stress. May my needs be met with equal compassion. May I feel growing compassion for myself and others. Amen. And prayer ID 86595. Please, Heavenly Father, our Savior and Holy Spirit, forgive me any falsehoods I've spoken. I am not perfect, but as a child of your creation, I want to be the best possible version of myself for you, Lord. I admit my faults. I seek forgiveness and believe in your message. Please forgive me for all my wrongdoings, Lord, and have mercy on me. Send my request of forgiveness to all those in the spirit world and here on earth. I ask for mercy from those and forgiveness for the promise to change my ways. Amen. Let's do one more. Prayer ID 86594. I begged everyone to pray for my oldest son to receive justice. He was murdered October 23, and the DA Butts hasn't filed yet. The crime was solved a year back, but the DA won't file so that my other children and myself can get closure. Please pray for my family that we stay moving forward in a positive direction. Amen. Let's have a moment of silent prayer for all those in need of prayer and affirmation and peace.
Amen. Amen. Amen, my friends. Amen. Hey, tonight we're talking about the tower, Trump 16. And, uh, oh my gosh, this is an interesting card. If we're looking at the Rider Waite deck, which we are, we see a tower, uh, a stony edifice, which grows out of a cliff. I mean, it literally grows out of this cliff. It's like it's been fashioned from this cliff of granite, and it has a crown. The crown has been blasted off with a bolt of lightning. Its inhabitants have been hurled uh, out of it, we assume. And um, they're surrounded by these little flames, which appear quite a bit in the Rider Waite deck. And uh, what does this card mean? Well, we're going to go back a little ways to the previous history. Earlier versions of this card um, have uh, not always appeared as a tower. In earlier versions, we see a tree struck by lightning. We see gates uh, struck by lightning and blasted open. Um, the um, But it always follows after the devil, always. It always follows after the devil, uh, number 16. It always has lightning in it. And it always is associated with sudden, disruptive um, uh, revelations, potentially destructive change, um, people being freed, um, and um, some of the earlier versions, some of them, he omitted it entirely. Um, and there's a lot of different names and designs for it. Um, some of them show a lot of people that are naked or clutching robes fleeing uh, a burning building. And in some of them, uh, like the Tarot of Versailles, Versailles and others, it's called uh, Le Feldre, the lightning, and it shows a tree being struck by lightning and burning. And uh, in another one, the image is the devil uh, beating his drums in front of what appears to be the mouth of hell. And yet, the card is still called Le Feldre, lightning. And so, uh, you go over to uh, another version of the Tarot of Versailles. Uh, there's the burning tower being struck by lightning. Um, and the top section is completely blasted away. And... Uh, there's uh, two men in midfall surrounded by multicolored balls. And uh, uh, Arthur Edward Waits, uh, Pamela Smith's version is uh, seems to be based on Versailles uh, design, except we have these little flames. They're in the shape of the Hebrew letter Yod, the first letter of the name of God. So the evolution of this card is very, very interesting. Very interesting. Now, some people say the tower is the Tower of Babel, that it represents uh, man's hubris, his attempt to reach God and the destruction thereof. Um, uh, Arthur Edward Waite strikes this theory down and says, uh, no, um, that is a um, – 
not. Um, that it's not the fall of uh, man. Uh, in fact, he says. Um, um, in fact, he says the bibliographer in his uh, commentary, the bibliographer Christian imagines, he says that rather, you know, that's rather snide, imagines that it is the downfall of the mind seeking to penetrate the mystery of God. Um, and then he goes on, if you can penetrate uh, A.E. Waits rather uh, dense writing, he has some good commentary. Uh, in fact, what he says is I understand that the reference is to a house of falsehood. It illustrates the most comprehensive way, the old truth that except the Lord built the house, they labor in vain that builds it. And what he uh, describes is the destruction of a house of illusion that solid reality can protect you from the truth of the spirit. And we're going to go further into that in a minute because what I'd like to go back is step away a little bit and talk to you about the harrowing of hell, which is one of the things the tower represents mythologically. And if you don't know about the harrowing of hell, uh, don't feel bad, even though it's mentioned in the Bible a lot. It's mentioned in the New Testament a lot. And the harrowing of hell is... Uh, in uh, the Christian story, story of Jesus, uh, the harrowing of hell is when Jesus descended into hell during the three days he was dead. Died dead for three days and resurrected. During those three days, and this is mentioned in the Bible quite a bit, it's referred to quite a bit, but people don't talk about it. And it's, it's mentioned in Revelation. It's mentioned in many verses in the Bible. Uh, Corinthians, I think. Uh, I can I can... I'll look it up. I will look it up and tell you because I have notes on it. Um, he descends into Hades, and it is called Hades, H-A-D-E-S. In the Bible, the word Hades is used repeatedly because, you know, the Bible was translated from Greek, Greece, Greek, uh, and freed the souls from hell. And the story is actually told in great detail in uh, the Apocrypha, uh, the Apocryphal books in the Bible. And it's told in great detail in the Gnostic um, Gospels. But you don't hear much about it in, in your uh, Baptist churches, uh, even though the Mormon church puts quite a bit of uh, faith in the harrowing of hell. And it's mentioned in the Apostles' Creed, um, uh, where it states that Christ descended into the underworld, descended ad infernos. But they don't mention that he liberated the, the dead when he was in there. Uh, it's alluded to in, uh, in uh, the, book, uh, the first book of Peter, which states that the good tidings were proclaimed to the dead. Um, Christ descended into the lower parts of the earth, supports that interpretation. Uh, but it, um, because it's not mentioned in great detail in the uh, King James Scripture, uh, there's a lot of controversy and differing interpretations, but the harrowing of hell is commemorated in the liturgical calendar on Holy Saturdays. So um, uh, if you look in the Catholic Encyclopedia, the story appears clearly in the Gospel of Nicodemus in the section called the Acts of Pilate, which also appears uh, in earlier dates in the Acts of Peter and Paul. But um, 
in lay literature, uh, in Old English poems, uh, the Gnostic Gospels, and the Apocrypha, it's um, uh, and in homilies, it's uh, there's very dramatic developments of this subject. But the idea um, uh, is that when Christ was dead during those three days, he descended into Hades and blasted the gates off of hell, um, uh, which sometimes is called Sheol or Limbo. Um, and um, freed the righteous dead, including Adam and Eve. And um, uh, there are ten references. Where, where am I? There, there, there's my notes. I got a mess on my desk. Um, in the New King James Version of the New Testament, there are ten references to Hades. Um, and you, uh, Capernaum, who are exa- exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For the mighty works which were done and you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Uh, in Matthew, I'll, and I also say that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Um, oh, the, in Luke, being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Um, and in Acts 2.31, he, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Also in Acts, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, and will you allow your holy one to see corruption? Um, so there was uh, quite a few of these. Uh, in Revelation, uh, he says, the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his work. So there were uh, quite a few references uh, left after uh, the stories were given, but uh, I don't want to beat this dead horse, but um, the um, um, uh, it, it seemed, I think, to be uh, politically expedient not to um, – well, Zechariah, uh, as for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Um there's lots of references to prisoners being held, souls being held prisoner in a pit. And um, uh, it was just uh, in medieval and pre-medieval uh, world, it was just considered that's how it was done. Because um, in Dante's Inferno, um, uh, Virgil talks about how Jesus came in and took a whole bunch of people out, but he didn't take uh, Virgil because he was a pagan. But so he didn't understand the. Uh, it, it's kind of cool because Virgil didn't understand the significance, but Dante did, being a Christian, right? Um, so um, uh, the harrowing of hell, Jesus comes down and blows the doors of hell open, and the righteous souls are freed. Is this what the tower shows the soul, the righteous soul? being freed from the prison of Hades. I think it might. This is why you have the Yod flames protecting these two while they're um, flung from the tower. You'll notice that they're not scared. They're not in danger. Um, They're 
they're not terrified. Uh, they're not, it's not like they're being flung toward uh, sharp spikes or anything. The expression on their faces d- does not show terror. Um, maybe surprise. Uh, it's like they're, they are fleeing a burning building. And uh, what about that crown? What about that crown? What's that mean? Well, if we search for clues, um, we look at the other trumps, and maybe the Hierophant wears a crown similar to that. Maybe Justice does. Maybe the Emperor does. These are all figures of authority, but we get our closest matchup with the Chariot. And we get a further clue that if we reduce Trump 16 down to 7, bingo, the chariot Trump 7. You know, 6 and 1 is 7, and the chariot. And chariot, as we recall, represents the will, the uh, control, attempting to control, uh, rigid control of uh, the material world. Uh, the chariot as we recall, is it going anywhere because of this uh, attempt to control? And there, there you have it. There you have it, the material, rigid control that is abruptly uh, uh, released. Uh, the lightning, the, the, the grace of God combined to free the soul from this rigid prison of of uh, falsehoods that keep us attached to the world? Is this the moment of spiritual enlightenment? The, the, the bolt of lightning. The, uh, we know that all, all occultic schools, all spiritual schools work for years to get you to that one moment, that boom, that moment, that flash of enlightenment. And change always occurs in a moment. Change is not a gradual thing. The process to get you to that moment of change may take years, but we know that the Kensho, that moment of enlightenment, is happens in a flash. It, the the wake-up moment, the aha moment, the eureka, it's a flash. The, uh, the, the freedom, the release, it happens in a flash. It's a boom. The, the moment of realization, when you know that you've fallen in love, it's not something that happens gradually. You don't slide into love. You don't slide into enlightenment. It's a moment. It's a flash. The uh, uh, the magical moment called the Aleph, the moment when you uh, see everything, when you're aware, you become one with everything. The Aleph. It happens immediately. It's boom like that. The union with God, the becoming of one. It's like that. It's not a gradual thing. You don't become you don't become one with everything, one thing at a time. It's like that. This is this is the precise moment you're freed from physical restrictions. When the chariot, you no longer need the chariot. It's said in Buddhism that the Buddha said, My teachings are a raft. It gets you to the other side. Then you abandon the raft. This is the moment you abandon the raft. This moment you're freed from prison. And so the tower, um, a lot of people will see this and they're terrified. They say, oh, my God, look, you know, my 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 house is destroyed. No, you just had your wig blown off. <laughs> you see, that's, I think it's what this is. Uh, um, 
I think people fear death because we're afraid of uh, losing all of our stuff. We, uh, we're afraid we're going to lose our house, our couch, our car, our uh, video games, our book collection, and the most precious material possession of all, our body. But this bolt of lightning frees us from those uh, attachments. We realize, you know, all that stuff doesn't matter. That the one true thing that matters, those little flashes of light, the presence of God. We see that worked a lot in the Rider Waite deck. Um, he does that a lot. Um, Arthur Edgar Waite, always in every one of his cards, he shows the presence of God. He, even the wheel of fate, he says, yeah, there's fate. There's random chance, but we can control that by appealing to the divine. And um, that's one of the very, uh, very interesting things there. Um, sometimes the tower um, has an inter is interpreted by readers, depending on the context, text, that there's danger, there's crisis, there's sudden change, there's destruction. But a lot of times these are events that are um, designed and even uh, welcomed and invited uh, to lead to liberation and, and learning. Um, um, the uh, the crown seems, according to Arthur Waite, um, seems to materialize um, uh, thought um, and education um, that's been amassed that you discard. Um, I seem to remember a, it'll come to me in a minute. Uh, there was a story I wanted to tell you about that. Um, it was about a, um, uh, a monk who'd read like a thousand books looking for enlightenment. And, uh, the, um, he couldn't find it, and uh, another monk said something very smart. Asked him, and I can't remember what it was. It'll it'll come to me in a minute. There was something about uh, not being able to find enlightenment in the book, um, and I can't remember it. But the um, the idea is that you you have to stop thinking if you're going to um, if you're going to understand God, you have to stop thinking about God. Uh, this bolt of lightning blows the top of uh, the tower's head off, right? And frees the spirit. And, uh, you know, can you think your way to God? Can you think your way to enlightenment? Can you reason your way to spiritual enlightenment? You know, that's the question we have here. There's this uh, tower built of knowledge, this tower built of uh, um, material thought, uh, this tower that's been constructed of uh, reason and uh, thought. And it all gets destroyed, you know, freeing the soul. Um, so, you know, what's going on here? Uh, there, there's a there's a lesson here, and that is the soul itself uh, can be reasoned away. Uh, I always remind myself uh, this when when I look on. I was looking at the thread today uh, popped up on my Facebook. It was uh, uh, someone selling crystal skulls. People are like, oh my God, I, I need some of these. I was looking for crystal skulls, and about every fifth thread was, what a bunch of bollocks, what a bunch of crap, crystal healing crap. You know, they don't do a darn thing. And uh, and you see, um, these 
are the people the tower represents. Um, and um, they, they are very firmly planted in this cliff. They are the tower. And for, for, you know, for this very good reason, why go out of your way to start arguments with people who are happily uh, discussing the uh, qualities of crystal skulls? You know, why go out of your way to uh, go in and you say, well, that's a bunch of crap. You see, th th these are the tower people. You know, they're so firmly grounded in uh, in their own mindset, um, you know, so firmly attached to their materialist mindset that they, they cannot see the other point of view, and they have to reshape and change the other person. Uh, maybe someday, you know, the lightning bolt will hit them and blow the top of their head off. I don't know. You know, I don't know. And you know, can they change and um, open up to another point of view? I don't know. Uh, these these people are pretty rigid. They're pretty rigid. Uh, I, I have no idea. Can their soul be freed? I don't know. To me, that that is a kind of private hell where you're so rigid you cannot see um, another person's point of view. Um, and I, I sound like I don't, you know, like I'm unsympathetic to them. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not really. I'm not really. But um, I. I, I don't like bullies. You know, when when people do things like that, they are bullying. Uh, you know, kind-hearted people happily going, "Oh my goodness, how pretty these skulls!" And coming, "Oh, that's bollocks! You all are crazy." You know, that's kind of mean. Uh, and you know, it's like, why, why don't you all just, you know, discuss this among yourselves about how stupid the rest of us are? You know, leave us alone while we're. It's kind of like cat people. You know, oh my gosh, my cat loves me so much. Well, cats don't have emotions. You know, they're shown cats you know okay just let, let us warm fuzzy people ooh and ah about our cats okay just leave us alone um so this is what i think of when i see the tower uh there are people trapped within the perimeters of a uh, a narrow point of view and um something some event may occur or a series of events that makes that point of view restrictive and pressure builds up like a cork in a bottle that you're shaking, and that cork pops. And all of a sudden, that doesn't work anymore. Uh, it just does not work. And the, the true spirit, the person who um, yearns to be free of that um, rigid bottle uh, or prison or wall or whatever, pops out fully fully uh, bloomed, fully free. And it does feel like you're um, falling, you're free falling. It feels exactly like you're free falling. Let's take station identification while I get a cold drink. It's really hot here. I'll be right back. Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lefay, Fridays, 6 to 7. 
all-time Pacific, at three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. All right, all right. We're talking about the tower. Oh, man, it, it is so hot here in Tennessee. It's like 97 degrees here. Even now, right now, if I look at the temperature, what is the temperature right now? I'm going to check right now. Knoxville weather. Let's take a look. Oh, my gosh, it's so scary. I just pulled my phone up. And the first thing on it says Knoxville weather. And uh yeah, ninety two degrees right now. It's uh it's almost nine o'clock, it's fifteen till nine, and it's at ninety two degrees in Knoxville. It was almost a hundred degrees earlier. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Um and uh, it's uh it, it's like the tower, you can't leave your house. Uh, you go outside, you burst into flames and have heat stroke. It's just crazy. You got to Walk to your mailbox and back, and you get lightheaded. Um, it's uh, and it's almost yeah. We're halfway through September. Uh, this time last year, we were having cool weather. We were getting up in the morning, and it was cool. Um, this is certainly the summer of our discontent. I will I will say that. What else can we talk about the tower? There's uh, lots of psychological um, interpretations of it. Um, um, if the tower uh, is a person, uh, you're looking at a person who uh, lives only for the ego. This is a, a person who just uh, – the ego has risen to the top. The demands of uh, wealth, fame, physical pleasure. Uh, there's no introspection to speak of. Um, they ignore um, the physical and spiritual beauty of the universe. Um, and they raise a prison around themselves. Uh, it's my way or the highway. Uh, so they, they've uh, crowned themselves king of the world. You know, they, they have uh, made themselves the emperor of everything. Um, but at the same time, there's a pressure that builds up, right? There's no outlet for any of this. Um, and uh, the unconscious, the inside there's something that yearns for expression. So you'll, you'll see that um, they become anxious, depressed. Uh, sometimes they'll have disturbing dreams. They uh, act out. They have anger. And uh, at some point, there'll be an explosion. And you know, that's sometimes what we see this card representing. That lightning bolt should be coming out instead of in, right? It blows the crown. And it could. And the thing is, though, uh, internal states rep, uh, manifest externally. That's that's the law, right? In, in New Thought, internal states manifest externally. So this internal pressure often manifests as an external event. There will be an external disaster. And, you know, it's just, well, why, why are these things happening? And then quite often being uh, so um, internalized, they'll blame somebody else. You know, they'll, they'll say, <laughs> everybody is out to get me. You know, where it's your fault, all these things are going wrong. And, um, you know, so they explode and they blame outside events. You know, you'll hear people say, well, I was born under a lucky star, uh, unlucky star, 
or uh, the world's out to get me or the man, the man is keeping me down. And they don't see that they're the architect of their own disaster. They have built their own prison. Um, and it really can uh, happen this way. As you build these walls around yourself, your friends and family will turn against you. Uh, if you uh, um, rely on other people for your business, uh, your business collapses. You lose clients. Um, um, violence manifests around you. Um, bad luck does indeed come in clusters, and it is a manifestation of your internal state. Um, and if you um, if you look at bad luck. Uh, especially the things that just seem to uh, occur in clusters. And if you look at it, honestly, you'll see a cause and effect. You'll see that uh, a lot of times uh, people will set into motion a chain of events and that these things that seem to occur randomly actually do have the seed planted. Um, it's it's self-destruction. There's a self-destructive thing, motive or Neglect things are you know people's car break down. He said, well, "When was the last time you put oil in your car? You know, when was the last time you had it maintained?" And and because of the way these uh, events occur, the car will break down. The timing on it will be at the worst possible time on the way to a job interview or an important uh, important appointment, um, and they will strike you at your most vulnerable stage because that's the way you set it up. Um, and multiply this by millions, millions of people in their in their towers, and wonder why the world is in the state it is. I'm, I'm serious. I'm not just uh, cre creating a scenario here. I'm serious. Millions of people in their towers, literally in their towers. You go down in the business district and see millions of towers that have been erected with millions of lonely people. Uh, each plugging away at their own agenda, none of them expressing who they really are. And you see why lightning strikes so often. It's a very serious thing, and it's represented in this one little piece of printed paper. Now, enlightenment and liberation is not necessarily a pleasant thing. Um, Leaving behind the things that we think we love, uh, it hurts. It hurts. Uh, the great, the stories of the great sages often tell us of great sacrifice and often ridicule. People think they're crazy. Um, they leave family behind. They leave money behind. Uh, they leave um, reputations behind. They often are abused. Um, the path of spiritual enlightenment. Uh, the spiritual path, any of us that have followed it, we know that um, there's a great joy to it. There's great satisfaction, but there's also some sacrifice. You're going to leave something behind. Um, you're going to give something up. The scales have to balance. And is the price worth it? That's That's something that you have to do. But also, there's protection. That's what the yods, these little yods tell you. You're going to fall out of that tower, but you're going to be you're going to be protected. You know, when you land on the ground, uh, God is with you, and God won't let you be hurt. Um, 
and um, there's a universal law that if you don't free yourself from your prison, you'll be freed. Um, if if you are called to this kind of uh, life, if this is your destiny, and you hide behind the walls, uh, God, fate, the universe, call it what you will, uh, will send a lightning bolt to just like these people in the tower. Um, you'll you, you'll be the gates will be blown open and you'll be forced out. Um, uh, history's full of things like this. People who were called the reluctant, uh, the reluctant hero, um, and you're reluctantly called to your path. Um, you, you'll see this in your own life if you've ever been called to something. You you try to do several things and you make a failure of it. Many people have had that happen. You see the stories of people, and they say, and they'll say, "Well, I tried to do this and I tried to do that." And then I realized that um, none of this was for me. And then I did this, and then that's when I built my empire. And uh, you know, I quit struggling against my fate, and I built my empire. And that's when I finally found what I was supposed to do. And uh, a lot of times they'll feel like uh, God did call them to something, and it may not have been something they really wanted to do. You know, they were reluctant. They tried to hide from it. And but once they found it. Uh, they did it, and they usually will say then it was like a bolt of lightning hit me, and I knew what I was supposed to do. Saul on his way to Tarsus, and he became Paul. He was literally struck by lightning, wasn't he? And uh, um, and he was blind for a little while, et cetera. So there's kind of a deep meaning. And you know, uh, some decks, there's so many different versions of this. Uh, there is now because, you know, and you can – publish a deck of cards uh, um, on your desktop just about, but at one time, at one point, you really had to work to get a deck of cards published, but um, some decks call the tower the house of the devil, which refers to the harrowing of hell, and some call it the house of God, right, which reminds us that there is a strong spiritual force in this universe that will destroy our uh, mental prisons that we build one way or the other. Now, why take such a dangerous course as a spiritual path? You know, why not just live in the real world and uh, the material world and, uh, uh, you know, the Pavlovian tradition of our parents, you know, get up every day at the same time, do the right thing, uh, get a job, go to church, uh, marry once, stay married forever, um, um, do the father knows best career, uh, three meals a day, nine to five, do this until they put you in the box and bury you. For some people, that's their destiny. Um, and that works fine for them. But for that, oh, I don't, one-tenth of one percent, um, it's not. And this is like slow death in uh, the Chateau d'If. And you just can't do it. And for those people who try to live that life, um, this card, the tower, will represent them. Um, no other way exists to go beyond that barrier of the, the conscious 
uh, path to enlightenment, that call to enlightenment, um, some time ago, gosh, do I, do I even have time to go? I said I could do too cold. Some time ago, uh, Abraham Maslow came up with this uh, pyramid of hierarchies, and at the bottom of it was, uh, he said, uh, this is what people, this is what explains people, the hierarchy of needs. At the bottom, we need security. Uh, we got to have our food and emotional needs met. Uh, um, above that, we have uh, social needs. Then um, uh, above that, self-esteem, and above that, uh, self-actualization. And uh, so that sounds that sounds good, and for most people that's fine. Uh, but further examination will tell you that that's not always true. Not everybody has a primary need for shelter and uh, food as their primary motive. There are people who will sacrifice the need for food and security for social esteem, for social recognition. They're called narcissists. And, uh, you know, you know, there are people who will starve themselves and not pay their rent to buy clothes uh, so that they will be skinny and uh, look good. I, I mean, they'll live in their car. They'll live in a box just so that they'll look good and they won't eat. Uh, there are people who uh, have such a drive for power, for instance, you know, their self-esteem requires that they be in a position of power. That's at the bottom of their hierarchy. So the Maslowian pyramid um, can be rearranged. And the self-actualization thing, some people don't have that at all. That you know, That's the drive for enlightenment, self-actualization, to actualize the self. Um, so the tower shows um, what happens when the need for self-actualization becomes a uh, necessity so, so great that you're willing to uh, – do anything to get out of the prison of the material world. Another interpretation for it. Another interpretation. So, so what do you do when you know you draw this card and you know the person across from you though is someone driven to power? Um, you know those standard interpretations won't do you a bit of good. This is where where you. Rearrange, you know, you rearrange the dice there, don't you? You have to take the pyramid apart and rearrange it. Um, it's a very interesting question because, uh, you know, that's a person that, that will never, uh, you know, the crown will never be blown off their wig. They'll never blow the crown off their wig. You know, power is all they seek. You know, this is someone ruled entirely by the ego and uh, very unlikely that you'll ever blow the crown off of them. It's very unlikely. So next week we go to Trump 17 and, um, you know, oh my goodness, we, uh, we're getting very deep into the, uh, the psychological side. Cause you know, next time 17 is the star and, uh, we're really, uh, getting into the, um, uh, the area of, uh, enlightenment of, uh, psychological, um, you know, with the star, um, we start getting into Freudian and Jungian territories, and uh, um, 
that's going to be a can of worms that we open up because um, it, it's like Floyd versus Young at that point. I remember when I was setting the star, um, I was very much into reading Floyd and Young, so that's going to color my discussion. So uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, we'll be, see you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.